0: Welcome to the final edition of the 2 Bucks Sports Podcast with your co-hosts, Rusty Buckets in Myrtle Beach. You can breathe what? easy. This is not the last <laughs> episode. It's just the last one with me coming to you from sunny Myrtle Beach as I make the transition back to the hills of North Mississippi on Saturday to be near my esteemed colleague, the infamous Drew Gann, aka Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck, welcome to the podcast.
1: What is up? You know, uh, they say you can't. Uh, you can take the girl out of the country but you can't take the country out of the girl you know (laughs) there we go come on back home I tell you what it must be a lot easier though leaving Myrtle Beach in December rather than if you would have gotten this job offer in say March or April with the sun starting to to look kind of nice and hot and the time's about to change like it, you wouldn't have been able to take that job at that time, would
0: you? No, probably not. You know, when my tan is popping, I've got all my cigars yeah. in, in in tow, and I'm sitting on the beach having a good time. It's been real tough for me to leave Myrtle Beach. Yeah,
1: those beach chairs and coolers full, packed down oh, with ice it yeah. just hits differently when you're at Myrtle Beach, when you're on a coast. Yeah. You know, but hey, never fear. You got Pickwick Lake right up the
0: road. We can Lake Beach. Pickwick. Let's go to Piney Grove, man. Let's do oh, this yeah. thing right. Yeah. No.
1: I mean, I am a huge advocate of Piney Grove and Bay yeah. Springs Lake. But for the general population, I'm yeah. speaking to try to be more broad to where you know maybe our Canadian. Uh, That's what I was thinking of. Our Canadian listeners have heard of the great lake beach that i know i know lake.
0: i know goat island is a hit in brussels belgium yeah. where we get a lot of, yeah. of listeners as well so shout out to our belgianese our belginians the belgian uh,
1: yeah we've discussed this before i know i believe it's belch
0: Belsh. that's what we came up with. It's the <laughs> belsh. <Belch. laughs> shout out to the belsh. come to the come belch. see us at goat island we'll do a special edition which speaking of You know, with me being back in the neighborhood, Drew, there's that little tap room around the corner. I wonder if we could get a little sponsorship from them if we start doing some podcasts from that little room that they have.
1: You know, it would be really awesome because our viewers, our listeners, I'm sure, have not been in the Jefferson Street tap room on the square in downtown Ripley, Mississippi, but me and... Mr. Bucket here have there is there is
0: there there's no hard evidence, but there are memories of us singing dinosaur
1: (laughs) arm over arm swaying
0: in in that tap room.
1: How does it always end up with us singing (sighs) swaying and and just taking fools out of ourselves? Every time, you know it doesn't matter. You know you grow. You know you're a kid, and you like. You grow out of, like, my daughter, my two-year-old, is in the middle of just throwing these righteous fits over Mm -hmm. everything, you know, getting into those terrible twos. Mm -hmm. And so you grow out of that. And then, you know, you grow out of, you know, wearing onesie pajamas when you get into, like, high school and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then you grow out of everything. But one thing Rusty and I never grow out of, it's – Singing, swaying, with drinking hand yeah, that's it. to Hank Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. songs.
0: Yes, we there. There is there is video evidence of uh, family tradition. Uh, shout out Toby Keith of uh, "Should Have Been a Cowboy." Right. We pulled back and let Wit hit a the righteous American. <clears throat> yeah, and we ever. let Wit hit that righteous solo that night at Smith uh-huh. We got real quiet for him. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, he said, oh no!" In the mic <laughs> and we dinosaur like I'm like. There's so many so many videos. Uh, And then there's also pictures of us at the Garth Brooks concert singing everywhere. That was a religious
1: (laughs) experience. That was a Um, true, true experience. That next Saturday at my grandma's breakfast table, my Uncle Scotty looked at at me and said, we saw you and Rusty at the concert. And I was like, "Uh Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I said, where were y'all at? She said, we were on the floor right underneath you and we looked over our head and you and Rusty were both hanging over the railing (laughs) at your hips and looked like you were about to fall off. And I was like...
0: Yep, that was us. Sounds about right. <laughs> Shout out to Silky O'Sullivan's. Um, uh, yeah. That was about right. But more of those memories to come. I think that's the best part of this. You know, it, it's, it's bittersweet leaving, leaving some great friends and a beautiful place and my coworkers and, and everything that I've built over the last six years. But I know that I'm coming home to my family, friends like yourself, <clears throat> other friends of the podcast. I'm looking forward to being back home. You
1: know,
0: we've talked about it on here. Just those hills keep calling, man. And, you know, get an opportunity to come spend some time with my dad, who's not doing the best, and my nephews as they're growing up. Um, Two out of three, no, both of them. The two older ones have kind of figured it out and deduced that, uh, that, you know, based on context clues.
1: (laughs) Why in the world is uh, dad (laughs) – Buying right. a one-way trick That's it. ticket like, to Myrtle Beach. I'm
0: like Clark, you should have had a better plan. But apparently, Ryder right. just kept asking enough questions that he kind of deduced it. But Finn is clueless, so we're right. gonna um, we're gonna have a nice little surprise for him on Saturday when I get in. But just knowing what's ahead, it makes these you know these sucky times because it's hard, right? It's it's been tough right. this week. There's been a lot of uh, people surprisingly like me. I know our listeners and especially my co-hosts here don't understand why.
1: Yeah, I think they're paid actors.
0: Yeah, I've been slipping 20s all week as they've been giving me nice gifts and saying kind things and great social media posts and whatnot. Um, I'm just grateful, grateful for what we've built here over the last six years, grateful for the team that I got to build it with. But um, here is to coming back home to North Mississippi where I belong, hanging out with friends and family, and being back in the mix, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I couldn't be happier. You know, I've told Haley our anniversary was on Monday, and I was like, all right, we're going to go out to eat Monday night. Uh, and we kind of had Friday night set aside to kind of do something. And mom and dad are still going to watch the kids. But, like, I'm like we're going to have to find a way to see Rusty. He's coming in Saturday. And so you just kind of have to meet him at the airport, you know. Uh, <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> it's like That's it. uh, the prodigal son has come home. And I just can't help but think, you know, throughout the span of our League of Avengers – uh, we've always had people that's been here, there, and where, you know, and uh, we finally had an opportunity. Rusty's finally moved back home. He was, he was, you know, the one only of, one that was that was far away. That's true, yeah. And then Aaron moved, and Rusty just moves back. So I guess <laughs> it's just destined that uh, that we're gonna have one person that's gonna have to drive in. For the League of Avengers draft every year,
0: Aaron Ivy, I know you're listening. to Get your butt back to Carth as soon as you <laughs> yeah. can, man.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say that's not happening. <laughs> Probably
0: not. <laughs> so, He's back. He's back in uh, in Kentucky where he, he belongs. Went home. He made yeah, a homecoming, home. and and I can't, yeah. I can't. He was one of the outside of Drew. He was one of the first people that I called to kind of talk through this, and I, because I said, I know you just did this, man, and like, right, like, tell me about it. Tell me was it worth it? And his first words were, well, "You will never regret coming home, man. You'll never yeah. regret it. time with those boys, time with your daddy." You'll never regret it. And so he was a big voice of reason. So shout out Aaron Ivey, friend of the podcast. He's been on here before. Uh, right. in one of our better episodes actually one of the more downloaded episodes mostly because Aaron was on it not because of us but
1: no there's a reason why it's one of the most de- widely right. downloaded episodes so <laughs> apparently we need to get
0: Aaron back on here so we can improve our viewership again
1: <laughs> yeah y'all want to talk about uh, cross country moves yeah. on our
0: podcast next week or something but so. hey I'll say this man our YouTube audience is growing we're starting to get more and more like like for some reason people want to see our ugly mugs I I, I don't get it I, I think you know what I think it is it's because Ted has been my on the Christmas podcast my Christmas tree in the back no oh. it's because ted's been on the podcast more ted keeps making these yeah. like big head appearances where he'll pop in and i think He's it's like, because of Ted. That's it. Yeah. when is he gonna pop in <laughs>
1: yeah uh, i mean i wouldn't blame anybody for logging into this and watching an hour and out to an hour and a half long podcast just for the opportunity to get a glimpse of my dog ted mm. so i mean yeah. i don't blame him
0: yeah handsome so. fellow that he is but uh You know, Drew, there's been a lot of sports happening this week. You know, this is that time of the year when college football is winding down. We've got our champions. You know, Alabama won the SEC. Surprised to probably few. It just felt like one of those years that Nick Saban was going to do a Nick Saban thing. I said this on the podcast last year when David Pollock said that Georgia is now the standard of college football, and Nick Saban gave that look down to the floor. I told right. you on this podcast that Nick Saban's going to win the SEC next year and probably win a national championship, and I'm, I'm one out you. of two, man.
1: <laughs> going into that game, I felt like it was a 50-50 shot. Like, 100%. It was not an upset that Alabama beat Georgia. No. You know, it was, uh, it was just so fitting, it seemed to be like. And in the year in which we were going, the last year of the four-team playoff, and transitioning into a 12-team playoff next year, it just seems so fitting that chaos ensued and just left carnage all over the NCAA football yeah. landscape, and bat, more hurt feelings than happy happiness along college football. and And we're going to get into that. And it's kind of one of the downsides. Rusty and I were <laughs> talking off the air, you know, yes, last night. It's kind of one of the downsides of recording a podcast Mm -hmm. on a Thursday because you get to really prepare for the week upcoming. But the college football selection committee announced on Sunday afternoon... The decision to leave Florida State out of the playoff, and I have lots of thoughts about it. But here we are on Thursday, and I'm just really kind of scared. Everybody's heard them, yeah. But I'm going to give them to you anyways because this is my podcast. This yeah, is our podcast. This is our I'm podcast. Give we can my talk thoughts.
0: about it real you quick, know? though. Like while we're on, like I do, we normally do our bucks best and beef. I do have one pretty significant beef I want to talk about with the SEC, and this is probably a Homer thing, and this is going to pertain to a small portion of our listeners who are also fellow Mississippi State fans. But I got a, like a beef that I want to air real quick. I am sick of the letter on your jersey winning awards. Listen to this stat line: the SEC Defensive Player of the Year had 50 tackles, 14 and a half for a loss, 10 sacks, zero interceptions, one pass deflection, and then two forced fumbles. That is your SEC Defensive Player of the Year, Dallas Turner from the University of Alabama. A good right. football player. Probably gonna make some money really on good Sundays. Football player. Sure. Yeah.
1: Dirty, but good.
0: Very dirty. Uh, what he did to Jaden Daniels was criminal. Yeah. Listen to this stat line. So, this was your not SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He was the AP Defensive Player of the Year, but not the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Mr. Bookie Watson at Mississippi State. Nathaniel Watson, or 14, phenomenal linebacker, four-year starter in Starkville, with 137 tackles. Drew, he almost tripled up Dallas Turner's tackles. 13 tackles for a loss, 10 sacks and in INT, three uh, pass defections, two forced fumbles, Two fumble, uh, two fumble recoveries, three four fumbles. He almost tripled him up in tackles. You cannot tell me that there was an unbiased party looking at the stat line and saying Dallas Turner was the best defensive player in the SEC this year. There's absolutely no way. It was crap. It was a complete hose job. There's only one thing that won Dallas Turner that, that awarded us, that A in the middle of his jersey on his chest. Nathaniel Watson is rightfully so your defensive player of the year. He had 89 so, – Dallas Turner only had 50 tackles on the year. Bookie had 89 tackles in SEC play alone. In the last two weeks of the season, he had 42 tackles. Anyway, I, I digress. I, That's my listen. of the week.
1: I've watched, I watched a lot of Mississippi State this year. Bookie Watson is great. Don't get me wrong. But it's like the most valuable player of a defense. And how many times has a substantial award, an MVP or DPOY or anything, any award gone to the best player – on a terrible well, defense. Five and seven. Like, I, I, mean, I mean, I get, I get it. I but, like, but the reason why this is Bookie individual, Watson has not a so many award. tackles. No, I get it. I get it. But the reason why Bookie Watson <laughs> has so many tackles is because it's like there is no defensive line at all. Well, <laughs> like, and that and he's on the field for like, 40 minutes a yeah. night. <laughs> I know. I mean, I get it. But, you know, there's been remarkable you know, individual statistical seasons yeah. that go that will not be shown in record books
0: because you played for terrible teams. There's a reason you know, that just... usually in the SEC, the leading tackler plays for Vanderbilt, and it's because they get about 120 exactly. plays a night. Right. <laughs>
1: you know, anytime you it. see like a leading tackler of a defense being like a a linebacker, or a, I mean, a like a safety, that's yeah. always funny to me because <laughs> always like a Vanderbilt safety because it's like the third line of defense, but. It's he's him tripping or a touchdown. He's tripping you know? people thirty yards downfield. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and so I get it. Bookie Watson needs a lot of credit. He was really good this year. He's been real. He's had a really good career for Mississippi yeah. State. And he'll be a decent uh,
0: pro, but he was he's a great college linebacker.
1: Yeah, he's he's kind of heavy footed, mm. but uh, to play in the pros, but
0: he'll be a great pass uh, rusher. They'll put him at a, at an end like a like a Arden Key or Josh Allen, and he'll have one job, right. and that's just to put right. pressure on quarterback.
1: Yeah, and so uh, he he deserves his props. Uh, All these SEC – I mean, he's he's going to the pros this year. He's not – I guarantee you he's not upset about not winning uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Year because he's already training for, you know, combine, pro days. And honestly, he'll
0: be a late flyer, probably a free agent pickup because he's not big. He is heavy-footed. He's not the fastest linebacker, but he just has a nose for the football and he pressures quarterbacks. And so he'll be a specialist in the NFL. He feels to me like a patriot. Like somebody that Bill Belichick's going to pick up after the draft or really, really late, and is going to have a solid career in the NFL. He won't be all pro. He probably will never make a Pro Bowl, but he's going to be that guy for some defense that just consistently on Sundays just makes plays when you need him to. So, shout out Bookie Watson. He did make a comment on it about Twitter. Again, I'm probably more upset. Mississippi State Twitter is probably a lot more upset than he is, but shout out Bookie Watson. Uh, He should have been your SEC Defensive Player of the Year. So, um, we'll kind of stay in the lane of college football, Drew. You kind of teased this earlier. You know, you and I have talked a little bit. One of my favorite things that came out of Selection Sunday was the audible gasp that Michigan let out when they found out they are having to play Alabama. They do not want that smoke because they know that that's a team that's experienced, and they were hoping for Florida State with their third-string quarterback from Covington, Tennessee, who mustered 65 yards of offense at yeah. one point against so, Louisville the other night. So tell me your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so regarding that in particular, that audible gasp was, I think, more surprised, And I think they were upset, yeah. but not because they were playing Alabama. I think they're going to be juiced for that matchup. And Mich- Michigan's a lot of things this year, uh, including cheaters, uh, but they've Speaking never of, been scared of anybody. Quick, real but,
0: quick sidebar. I'm sorry to interrupt. Real quick sidebar. Yeah. I know you saw this. Our listeners probably saw this. Eli Drigowitz is one of my favorite coaches in college football. Did yeah. you see? He was on He's air. He's so corny. He, he is. He's the ultimate dad joke, but on air with ESPN. He goes, oh, hang on. Con, uh, Colin Stallings is ca- calling me. He's got some help You're for the game say coming up. You want to say Connor
1: Stallions Connor one more time? Connor Stallions, man. Well, welcome to that. the Two
0: Bucks Sports Podcast. <laughs> hey, I haven't messed one up in weeks, man. That's my first one in yeah. a while, but continue. Uh
1: yeah, Eli Drinkwitz is like he, dad jokes is perfect for him because you could tell when he's delivering that joke. He had told everybody in the room like, "Hey, I'm going to do this, this joke. quick. So hey, everybody, watch this!" And then he got all juiced up, and excited for himself. Like it, was, it came. It was a very he good line. He came across like... so corny. Like um, anybody could have delivered that better than Eli Drinkwitz did. But props for the at for least, he, for but for he at least said the it, name you know? right. I
0: didn't. So as you uh, were, continue. but yeah.
1: So um, my thoughts. Uh, I don't think that Michigan is going to be scared of Alabama by any means. But I do think that they got really excited and was really hoping that Florida State would be that four seed for obvious reasons. You're down uh, Jordan Travis. And let's just reset for a second and go back to the game. The the college football playoff selection committee, because, you know, committees are great. You know, sure. uh, Mike Leach once said, America loves committees. <laughs> loves <You> committee. know? <laughs> Great. Yeah. All time uh, quote. Yeah, so they came up with the consensus being the one seed Michigan, the two seed uh, Washington, Washington, the Pac 12 champion. Shout
0: out Dylan Johnson, too, who's just having a phenomenal yeah. year for the Mississippi State transfer.
1: Can I get one sentence out, please? <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, wow. <laughs> Michigan. Washington, Texas, and Alabama. And so the big controversy was for that four seed. And I, the longer this week goes on, the more I hate, hate, despise the fact that Alabama's in there. (laughs) I do. I just feel like it is so wrong. I feel so wrong for the obnoxious, the most, one of the top three most obnoxious fan bases of all time. I cannot believe I'm defending them. But Florida State was robbed. And, like, if you cannot count on being an undefeated conference champion with no other undefeated conference champions to choose
0: from, then
1: what are we doing here?
0: I I mean, I I I played
1: both sides. I I played both sides with this for several days. You know, leading up to it, I was like, I get why they would want to put in Alabama and Texas. Um I get it because of competitiveness and Vegas lines and like all this other kind of stuff. I get it. I, I would understand why they want to distance themselves from a from a team that doesn't have their star quarterback. But then the after it happened, I was just like, it just feels wrong. Yeah, like it feels so wrong, and it's so fitting that it happens. Go, at, you're going to leave this fourteen playoff with just the bad taste in your mouth because you know it should have been 12 this whole time
0: because we did the same thing with the bcs i kept hoping they were going to call like an emergency 16 you know give michigan and washington a buy and call an emergency 16 playoff i know they wouldn't do it for logistics but that would have been great
1: i would have done a play-in a play-in would have been awesome oh my you god
0: put, alabama, put alabama and florida, and florida state. state yeah but here's my thoughts on it the four most deserving teams would be the top three and florida state that's the most deserving teams but Absolutely. R- right now, the four best teams are who are in the college football playoffs. I,
1: see, I don't even know that you can make that argument. You watch cannot. State. You, so, but no no no, so, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. You cannot tell me, you cannot make an argument for four teams in a college football playoff if you're saying the best teams in football
0: and it not include Georgia. Well, here's the thing. Who just beat the best team I, in football? You're just saying. Who just I beat I can make a solid argument. How can you make can a solid, make a argument, solid when the, argument when the best no, team just lost? No.
1: I'm going to I'm talking about four teams, top four teams, mm-hmm. best four teams in college football. Mm-hmm. I think Alabama and Georgia are two of them. Sure. I think that you penalized Georgia and if you're saying that these are the four best teams, then I think you got it wrong. But if you're not saying that the four best if you're saying that the four best teams are in here, you're wrong. And if you're, the four best teams aren't in there, then they needed to be in there based on merit. So they did a half measure. They didn't put them in on merit or Florida State would have got in there. And they didn't put them in there because of talent or Georgia would have gotten there.
0: Sure. But on the field, Alabama beat Georgia. So on the field, on a neutral field, Alabama was better than Georgia. Because they, of course. That's, that's a and quality that's why I win. think
1: both of them should be
0: in there. And so, like, of the teams that should have got left if out, If you're doing it Texas, by merit. It's probably Texas right. should get left out. Well. This is, is how I would have done it. You have conference champions in Michigan and Washington, and then you have the two other best teams, Georgia, and the team that beat Georgia.
1: Yeah, so this is how I would have done it. Uh, I would have had Michigan 1, Washington 2, Texas 3, Florida State 4. Uh, changing the four seed, jumping up uh, Florida State, dropping down Alabama. And this is my rationale. You've got three undefeated conference champions. They should be in. I don't. If you go 13-0, you deserve to be in. 100%. Then you're picking between Alabama, Texas, and Georgia. Texas beat Alabama at home. Mm-hmm. Alabama beat Georgia. It's now, Texas. Te- it's Texas. 100%. Now, the problem is, and I'm going to tell you this right now, we can talk about injured quarterbacks. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. The one thing that trumped everything, I'll believe this, and you won't convince me otherwise, the one thing – that got Alabama in this playoff, is ESPN's tie with the SEC. 100%. Money. It's money, man. It's it is. a money you, move. If you keep in mind, last year, this was the ESPN bought the rights to the SEC game of the week. It will be switching from CBS to ESPN next year for the 2024 season. Yep. And there was in no situation that None. Alabama was – that the SEC champion, Alabama or Georgia, was not making the college football playoff. Nope. And the problem is – I can tell you for a fact that the college football playoff selection committee was not choosing between Alabama and Florida State on Sunday morning. They were choosing between Texas and Florida State. And they could not, in their good conscience, put Florida State and Alabama in and leave Texas at home. It was just not going to happen, and they they were yeah. not going to leave it. They were not going to have a fourteen playoff without an SEC school. Especially Never gonna happen
0: because we're in a decade of dominance. That there has been an SEC school either winning or playing for the national championship for the better part of the last it's decade. Not, and I don't even
1: care about the dominance. It's money. And and, money. and the,
0: that's that was my next point. Because of that dominance, they're going to travel really well. There's a ton of money there, and then the like you said, ESPN is picking up the SEC. Gary Danielson um did his final sign off after the the Iron Bowl. This was it and like mo- like all of our lives the SEC's biggest game of the week has been on CBS at, at right. 2 2:30. I'm going to miss that. I am too. Um yeah. but this is the 100% montage. Move. Oh, I know.
1: The montage, the 6-minute montage mm-hmm. of CBS saying goodbye to the SEC I and know. so many clips. I mean, no. you got to see the Mount Cody uh <laughs> block against yep. Tennessee, you got to see uh the yeah. sink golson interception in the back of the end zone, the Katy Perry College day, game day game yeah. against uh, Alabama at Oxford. The Georgia Hail Mary. So many, like, there's yeah. so
0: many so many cool things on Hail the Mary Tennessee Hail Mary. I guess up. Georgia, like, back and forth. Like, <laughs> yeah. the the Auburn miracles. Like, it was a cool montage. And I'm going to miss the SEC on CBS, but this is a money move. They have zero repercussions. Like, right, this is it. Next year they don't give a crap because the top 12 teams would have made it. And I will stand an argument that the this year would have been one of the most Epic 12 team playoffs with some of those dynamic teams like Ole Miss, Missouri, who's a Cinderella team, Oklahoma sneaking in. Like, there would have been some great football games leading up to this, but I'm excited about the 12 team playoff. This was a money move. You're absolutely right, Drew. And I apologize for interrupting for you you earlier, but this is like, this is, you're absolutely right. This is a straight up money move to make money for the, like, these, patting these pockets by getting the SEC in because the SEC is the biggest money conference in college football right now.
1: Well, and let me just make one more further point for Florida State. And you look at Florida State's wins, 13-0, and 0, mm-hmm. okay? You had a win against LSU, number finished number 13, 12-13 in the country. They had a win on the road at Florida. That's two SEC wins. They beat uh, Clemson. And if you can point to me three games yeah. – that Michigan has won this year that anyone should care about at all. (laughs) Yep. I'll buy your lunch.
0: Yeah. Because
1: Michigan played a one game football schedule. Or we'll give you Penn State. Played a two game football schedule. I can make the argument that I have not seen anything out of Michigan that makes me think that they're better than Florida State right now. Yeah. I mean just looking at the Uh record. Yes, it's been dominant, but that big ten is awful outside of Ohio State and Penn State.
0: You and I could go coach a team that would beat most of the Big Ten. Right. I mean, they played Iowa, a hapless offense who had more punting yards this year than they had offensive yards. And I just don't like the and college football 10-2. playoff
1: committee, mm-hmm. like trying to predict outcomes of games. Like they're yeah. telling me that Florida State has no chance against Michigan. Like, but I'm just supposed to believe them? Like yeah. those people who are athletic directors and congressmen and attorneys and whatnot yeah like i don't have i don't want any business of them mm-hmm. telling me what's going to be a good matchup or no. not i just we spent a whole week listening to uh, leading up to championship weekend championship saturday that said oregon was going to boat race washington they were 10 point <laughs> favorites yeah and washington beat them again like yeah they, leave room for excitement and upset and a Cinderella Mm -hmm. in this, and they earned the right. They should have been there.
0: 100%. Michael Penix had a great game. Dylan Johnson had a great game. They beat a very good Oregon team and earned the right to be there. And so, um, you know, I I think the top two are are dead set. I think that Washington-Texas game is going to be an epic football game. An epic football game. I'm like, I don't care. I, I know what I'm doing New Year's Eve. Part of it is going to include – or New Year's Day, part of it is going to include that Texas-Washington game. Michigan and Alabama, I feel like I know what's going to happen there, but I'm watching te- Texas and Washington.
1: Yeah, I told you afterwards, I was like, you know, I, I think I told you leading up to it, like Florida State needs mm-hmm. to be in, I believe they should be in. But a Georgia – I mean, an Alabama-Michigan game and a Washington-Texas game, that's two that's incredible great matchups. Great oh, my football. goodness. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, my God. And so – I feel so bad. I, I'm 100%. I may even buy the shirt. <laughs> if Florida State goes and beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl, for them to do the UCF, we're national, national champions. We're 14-0. Oh, I would two, be so in.
0: Two like, claimed uh, national championships in Florida in the I mean, last six always, years.
1: We all kind of patted UCF on the head. No, it's cute. Mm. Yeah, you have your thing. Yeah, But Florida State has a legitimate like, – Right. If they go win – convincingly against yeah. Georgia, yeah. and then the the uh, college football playoff is, like, tight and they're beating each other up with low scoring, they people <laughs> could come out at the end of the year and, and have Florida State ranked number one. I would love that. Like, love that. Oh, I would be beautiful. Love that. It would that. Be, <laughs> oh, that. So, it'd be amazing.
0: As fans of underdogs who don't really, you know, I mean, Ole Miss is great this year. State, obviously yeah. terrible. I would love chaos. I'm here for chaos. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Give me, give me a riled up fan base yeah. because those are knowles. Uh, you get them half cocked and pissed. <laughs> yeah, they'll march on something. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and you got you got their governor. Uh, you got their governor um, petitioning oh, for them. Like I mean, it's a it's a mess down there. My favorite. My, one
1: of my <laughs> favorite. Oh, we may be about to say the same thing, but Ron DeSantis is like yeah. anti Disney. Yeah. Like he he thinks like Disney's grooming children or something. Right. And in the state where Disney World is like their biggest. Tourist destination, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and so they were like the college football selection committee punished Florida State because ESPN is <laughs> a Disney uh, company. It's a Disney company, and so because yes. of Ron, the governor of Florida, and his takes against Disney, that they've punished Florida State. I love that. See, uh, that's, that's the, the great, kind of stuff man. you don't get out of the NFL.
0: Like. No, this is why college football is the greatest sport in the world. You can keep your soccer overseas. College, you don't, you're not going to get this anywhere else. Like, you're not going to get a sitting governor attacking your governing body. And then not only that, that and then the other thing I was going to mention was Mike Norvell and Kirby Smart in their, their interview. Yeah. Like, th- those dudes could have wanted to be anywhere else in the world. Neither one of them, one of them, one of them wanted to be on that press conference, and it showed. And I love Mike Norvell; he he was a great coach at Michigan. Just seems like a really great dude. Um, does it the Memphis. right way, Memphis, 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 the beautiful land in the world. Um, shout out Mike Norvell; big fan of the podcast. But he uh, yeah. does it the right way. I was hoping that you know that they would get in, and uh, it just didn't work out that way. And so we've got some epic access bowls. You know, we've got. We've got uh, Florida State, Georgia, which would be a great game. Oh, yeah. Got, Must watch um, TV. Yeah. The Orange I, Bowl. I'm intrigued by the Liberty-Oregon game. I think Oregon will probably just boat race them, but there's a chance that we can have that like Cinderella-Boise no, State story there.
1: The Tostitos Fiesta Bowl took the bullet this year uh, that yeah. the Peach took last year with the, the having the group of five team, and, and they paired them with Oregon and Bo Nix is not going to play in that game. Nope. It's going to be one of those games. It looks like you know this group of five teams t- tend to win a good bit of those right. uh, New Year's six matchups because nobody wants to play. Nobody cares. Like, it just stinks. That's why of the playoff needs to come up. But you know the yeah. the expanded playoff needs to come up because you know Bo Nix would right. not be. Opting out early to play Liberty in the first round of no. a twelve thing playoff,
0: but then you've got these. You got Iowa, Tennessee, which like Iowa's offense can I move the football. No, nope, no thanks. I, I, uh, no, that's
1: that's so funny to me. I know. I love the fact that Tennessee has to go play Iowa, Iowa. Again. I know. I love it.
0: <laughs> and then the only one that might be worse is Wisconsin, LSU. Uh, take a nap during that. All, Auburn. Uh, let's see. Ole Miss, Penn State. We'll get to that here in a minute. Missouri-Ohio State, like that could be a good yeah. I'd love for Missouri to just go up smack him in the mouth. Um, there's some decent bowl games here. That Arizona-Oklahoma game, uh, Oregon State-Notre Dame with the uh, DJ Ugalele is not going to play in that game. He's in a transfer portal. But uh, Drew, your revs drew a pretty interesting draw. You're going back to the Peach Bowl. You're playing Penn State, one of the big powerhouses in the Big Ten. Give us your thoughts on your bowl games, sir.
1: Yeah, so uh, first things first – you know, I'm not. Me and you disagree on on the uh, importance of just attending a bowl game, but there's no doubt in in anybody's mind that getting to a New Year's Six bowl game is something that you should absolutely be proud of. You got to think this time next year, if you're in a New Year's Six game, that's the equivalent of being in the playoff. Right. And uh, Ole Miss would have been the last team in the playoff this year. They were. They finished the season number eleven the 12th seed would have gone to Liberty. And so, it's extremely exciting. So, I was looking at two things going into it. I was starting to think that it was going against us. I didn't think that we were going to end up in a New Year's Six game. We were going to end up in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. It was, I was kind of scared of it. I didn't <laughs> want any part of that. Um, it would not have been exciting. It would have felt un, unfair. Anticlimactic. To, yeah, to, to have – your one of your best seasons ever and not be able to feel like you got the appreciation you deserve by sure. getting a spot in the New Year Six game because of just so many undefeated teams, mm-hmm. honestly. Um and it seemed to start trending that way Sunday morning and I kinda got confident about the time about one thirty when the uh when the selection show came on. And so, you know, I was felt pretty confident we were gonna land in either the cotton or the peach bowl. And uh, the first bowl that was announced was the Cotton Bowl, which is Ohio State and Missouri. And so I was like, okay, well, it's got to be the peach or it's going to be the citrus. And we're playing Iowa. And that it, <laughs> it was pretty, uh pretty drastic range of emotions between one outcome or the other. And then it popped up that Ole Miss is playing Penn State in the Peach Bowl. And I'm stoked about it. I mean, Rusty, I'll just be honest with you. You know, the last time I went to the Peach Bowl, it was a bloodbath. Ole Miss lost 42-3 to to TCU, a TCU team that, was, uh, that felt that they got gypped and got left out of the 14 playoff, uh, and they just beat the brakes off of us. But this is a new year. This, here we are going to be in 2023, uh, January the 30th, 23, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, playing Penn State. And the most exciting thing about it is, is that it's one. It's a, it's a name. You're playing a name Mm -hmm. from a big conference, and it's a name that you've never played before. Ole Miss has never played Penn State. That's cool. In my lifetime, we have played Oklahoma State in two or three different (laughs) bowl games. We played Texas Tech in two or three different bowl games. I'm so glad we got somebody out of the Big Ten instead of the Big (laughs) Twelve. You know. Ohio State would have been awesome to yeah. play, I'll be honest. But Penn State is like a win. it feels like a winnable game mm-hmm. against a top, a consistently top ten program. Like, I couldn't be more excited. You look at so many different, there's so many different aspects to bowl games and roster management for bowl games that just put the game itself in such jeopardy. Like, I don't know how Vegas odds makers do it. But there's so much transfer stuff. So there's opting out to get ready for the draft. There's a litany of different things and whether or not they're just going to not care you know if Ole Miss goes to the Citrus Bowl like there's a real possibility that they're just not going to care right. you know you go get your perks and and try to you know get a head start on the off season and getting healthy and have a good time I think that Ole Miss will absolutely care about this peach bowl game sure against Penn State in Atlanta mm. I believe that they will come and take it seriously and go out with a bang yeah uh that 2014 team was there to party. They they going to Atlanta for the Peach Bowl was the victory mm-hmm. more than actually winning the game. <laughs> GC, and yeah. and they partied hard the night before, and it got away from them quick. I don't yeah. think this Ole Miss team will do that. They've got a lot to prove. They've got a chance for the first time in school history to win 11 games, and you've got a huge program. You've got you're going up against. You know, James Franklin, one of the greatest coaches in football and one of the most prestigious, long-standing, competitive, historic programs in Penn State. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't be happier. if I'm being honest with you.
0: I mean, it's it's a great thing, man. You know, it's funny. I I saw Brett McMurphy kind of leak out that Ohio State was an option for Ole Miss. And before I could finish reading the tweet, I had a text from Drew about (laughs) if we're going to play Ohio State, let's go. Yeah, Um, I
1: I believe I told you I was going to have to wear sweatpants if that was going to happen. Because, like I said, all I cared about was a New Year's Six game against a big name. I Mm. did not want to – I told some friends, and I don't know if I really meant it or not – Looking back, I probably didn't, but I told him I'd rather play Iowa in the Citrus Bowl than Liberty in the yeah, yeah, No, um, I wouldn't rather do that. I'd rather say I got 11 wins.
0: But. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a great opportunity against, like you said, a perennial powerhouse. It's a name. If you can beat Penn State, like, that's just a name. It's an ipso facto home game. Atlanta's a lot closer to Oxford than it is to College Station PA, but, <clears throat> or College Park PA. Yeah.
1: No, uh, Happy Valley. Happy Valley is the name of the stadium. College I, Park. Co- uh, College of? Park, Bubba Sparks. That's uh, Maryland. <laughs> you, yeah.
0: What's the name Anyway, wherever it is in PA, yeah. shout out to our Nittany Lion fans. But um, it's a great opportunity to go get a great win and a signature win, right, to close out the season in right. bowl games that –
1: Bowl, bowl games mental. don't
0: matter, but it's a it's an access bowl. This is when you win this one. This helps you in recruiting. This helps you in the national brand because you beat a team like Penn State. And yes. now that Lane Kiffin is for sure coming back next year, shout out to him, didn't really get involved in the coaching rumors. That was a Mm-mm. big step forward for him. Um, it's an opportunity to build some momentum. You go beat Penn State yeah. and you beat them convincingly, the world is your I oyster. don't
1: believe that a loss in a – access bowl hurts you but a win you can really translate and Ole Miss is already heavily in the mix I'm rusty I told you I wasn't gonna get excited over transfer portal but there's lots of rumors about Walter Nolan the number one Mm -hmm. the former number one uh high school player went to Texas Tech I mean Texas A&M defensive tackle stud Mm -hmm. got in the portal and he's flirting with Ole Miss and Chris Paul Jr. They uh, led Arkansas in tackles last year as a freshman with three years of eligibility. There's, there is some real gettable targets here that if you can just keep, keep that train moving forward, it will not
0: hurt. I am trying to remain calm. We'll talk about the transfer portal. We'll talk about Mississippi State in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But there's a name in the transfer portal that has a real shot at coming to Starville that would give us the best quarterback since and other than Dak Prescott. Shout-out to John Bond in program history. But we'll continue with that here in a minute. Oh,
1: John Bond. I'm going way back If that's number two in your history, you've got a pretty (laughs) deplorable history. Listen, man, that's a wing team
0: master. Boy, he run that thing with, like, You didn't even say Matt Wyatt. (laughs) I mean, Matt Wyatt, Wayne Mackin are good. But, we're going like, John Bond's one of the best in program history. Man, he beat Alabama three times.
1: That's the thing about uh, about Mississippi State that makes me <laughs> laugh sometimes. It's like Dak Prescott is like on the – you know, that he deserves a statue, okay? Mm-hmm. But number two is everybody's like – I feel like everybody loves Matt White. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with his playing career. No. It's just the fact he's on the radio. And he, lo- yeah, and and he loves Mississippi State. And he, and he like lost out the job to Wayne Madkin in that 98 season. Yeah. Like, but everybody loves – nobody talks about Wayne Madkin. They talk Nobody. about Matt White, yeah, because he we was a about M- he's Matt White
0: because he's on Super Top Mississippi, <laughs> and he's a Mississippi kid. He loved Mississippi yeah. State when Wayne Mack when Wayne came in from out of state. Like Matt White is like is the is the dude, yeah. but like if we get this name out of the transfer portal, one Dylan Gabriel,
1: that's a, that's done, right? He's going to he's going to
0: Oregon. No, that that's was done, just a, no, right? that was a rumor that has not been confirmed. That has not been confirmed. well. Let me
1: put a bow on Ole Miss real quick, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> we'll get to it. But but yeah, that. Momentum has the potential to really snowball here. Like Mm -hmm. you said, Lane was not in any coaching rumors. I believe that was twofold. I believe that he was not going to intentionally leak his name out anywhere. I think he was kind of told to quit that. And two, I don't think there was any real landing spots for him. We talked about the possibility that the coaching carousel just doesn't really spin this year. And Texas A&M striking out and landing on their fifth option with Mike Elko mm-hmm. really shut down the whole carousel altogether and didn't really open up a spot that mm-hmm. Lane would really – that really considered Lane right. and Lane would considered. Right. So, uh, yeah, you've got opportunity to really start rolling here. And, um, I mean, just go out there and put the pedal down. That's all you yep. can do.
0: That's all you can do. So – we kind of talked about a little bit. Mississippi State, obviously, lackluster year. Got a great new hire in Jeff Levy. I'm still at about a 6.5 out of 10. But if he can start pulling some of these names out of Transfer Portal, you know Dylan Gabriel is one that's out there. Uh, Levy was his OC at UCF. He followed him to Oklahoma. He's been under Levy now for three years and worked in his system. There's a really good chance he comes to Starfold. There's also a really good chance he goes to Oregon. That's one of the other schools that he's looking at. Obviously, if you want to go win a national championship, that's where you want to be at. But if you want to showcase your talent and be an assistant, then you know you come to Starkville and you play for Jeff Levy. Other names that are being kicked around for Mississippi State are K.J. Jefferson is a name that's kind of come up. Um, DJ Ugalali from Oregon State is another name. (laughs) Ugalali. I'm never going to pronounce that right. you can get me
1: For the sake of this podcast, good Lord, please get DJ (laughs) Ugalali.
0: Cause I will, I just call him DJ. I believe you. I said it right. You might have. You were a lot <laughs> we'll closer than I just call him DJ. We we'll just call him DJ. But DJ. apparently, in the last week, his name has really come up strong in Starkville as a name, as a as a guy who could transfer there. Long story short, Chris Parsons was named to the freshman All SEC team this year. He's super raw. He is not the quarterback for Mississippi State next year. It's somebody from the transfer portal. And honestly, if you can get any of those three guys, if I had to rank them in order, I would take Dylan Gabriel obviously first.
1: Absolutely. K.J.
0: Jefferson second – or excuse me, DJU second, K.J. Jefferson third. That would be my my top three. And, obviously, you go swing for the fences. You give Dylan Gabriel whatever it takes to get him to come startle. And if he decides to go to Oregon, then that's fine. He obviously picks right. a better program. But you don't miss on – then you don't miss on DJ. You don't let him go to Florida State. That's the other team that he's kind of being linked to, which obviously is a better program. But you just – like, that's the one you can't miss on. But Dylan Gabriel with those strong Jeff Levy ties, I like, there's a lot of things we have to do. Uh, Oklahoma has got 19 players now in, in the transfer portal, including two running backs and a wide receiver and DJ Graham, who's a really good football player. They had a four-star high school recruit that decommitted from Oklahoma the same day that Jeff Levy left. I'm not saying these dudes are coming to start, but if Levy can pull those guys, all of a sudden this becomes a team next year that. <clears throat> Even though that schedule is going to be brutal, this becomes a team that's going to be competitive. It's going to be have some fight because you actually brought on some talent that knows his system. But it starts and it starts and ends with D- Dylan Gabriel. If you can somehow convince that dude to come to Startville, maybe you get Xavier Thomas. We talked about him a little bit off air. Xavier Thomas is 100% at LSU Tiger. He is from LSU. He's one of the few good receivers that got away. Only because Malik neighbors went to LSU, right? But now that other kid's graduating and they got a spot for him, he's a tiger, hundred percent. It's like the Squidward me <laughs> coming up right, like Tiger, like that's what he is. Yeah. So, uh, but if you it, can get it, Dylan it Gabriel, so much sense. but if you can get Dylan Gabriel, maybe you can convince Xavier <laughs> Thomas to come back.
1: You think that Xavier uh, Thomas going to LSU next year had anything to do with that Google NIL oh. deal that he signed like three quarters of the way through a terrible
0: football season? Tampering. I'm calling it. Tampering. <laughs> I'm calling the feds right now. Call me Steve Robertson. LSU's I'm sending emails. lsu got Google in their pocket? I'm sending emails right now. <laughs> NCAA, look at this. There is,
1: there is no such thing as tampering anymore. And anybody who gets – if you were to get mad at Ole Miss or anybody for tampering, your players <laughs> – All right, that goes for anybody, any listener out here. If you think that your players are being tampered with, get over it. Because your coach is doing the same thing. It's so funny to me. There is a checkbox on the the transfer portal website that says, do not contact. (laughs) A a player can get into the portal and check, no coaches contact me. And then somehow – he commits to another another school 100%, 100%. Like I,
0: without ever
1: talking to coaches. It, it is
0: the because I'm telling thing. you, man. Like, if you don't think that when Jeff Levy was taking this job at Mississippi State that he didn't tell Dylan Gabriel, "I want you to go with me," we probably need to talk about the Tooth Fairy too, because right. you're delusional. Like these guys, like we like, I like to think that Zach Selman didn't hire Jeff Levy without knowing that there was a small chance. That Dylan Gabriel might follow, or that he'll be able to pull some of these guys. With his you can't,
1: you can't make a hire with that expectation. You, you gotta got to got, hire the guy for the guy. But you got to that's hire a him, cherry on top. But, but you, you got to
0: hire him knowing that he can work the transfer portal, that he can get these guys yeah, to come yeah, in, because yeah. that's yeah. the future of college football. And maybe Dylan, like a specific it's name like Dylan Gabriel, but just knowing that there's a shot that that guy could come to start ball, you make that hire. Yeah.
1: Anyway, and I agree with you. Uh, I think you have to make the best hire. But you do have to know that he can't work the transfer portal. But yeah. it's not like it was contingent on no. Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel, no, no, no. But and, that's just somebody. And Dylan he Gabriel, pulled. you're going to see what how Mississippi State wants to use their money. Right. I think is the best way to put that. Sure, they're having an influx of money. I don't know how much they've got. Uh, I know that I think Ole Miss uh, had somebody tell me recently that they've got, they're operating with like a ten to twelve million dollar budget.
0: Uh, Mississippi State, after see, Jeff Levy took the job, raised $2 million in about three or four days, which is so good for let's us. Say,
1: let's say that Mississippi State has $8 million,
0: okay? Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's probably being a little generous, but it's a round number. Sure, we'll go with it. We're going to see how they prioritize this because Dylan Gabriel, if they go get Dylan Gabriel, they will have to match Oregon's number. I mean, right. They'll have to match Washington's number. number. USC's money, yeah. number. Mm-hmm. And so, if they go get Dylan Gabriel, you're going to know that they took a massive hit on their NIL budget. And so you can, you kind of have to work around the margins with receivers and offense and defensive line sure, and sure. the other positions. And so you're going to see. But you go get a guy like KJ Jefferson and then go get him some weapons. It's just like building an NFL roster now. You've get, except it's kind of like building a baseball roster. You've there is no salary cap. Nobody knows how much they're getting paid, and nobody. Uh, knows how much teams are spending, or how much they want to spend, or right. anything. Sure. And so, uh, you're just going to have to see if you can compete and build a build a team with it.
0: And we don't have as Nike economically money economically as possible. We don't have Nike money. So if Oregon throws the absolute like, armored truck at him, we can't compete. But if he wants familiarity, that's going to showcase his skill set. You come right. to Starkville. I mean, that is what it is. Right. You come and and you do it in the best conference in the country. You come to it in Mississippi State against some top-tier opponents, against some top-tier – again, remind our listeners, our four road games at the SEC next year are at Tennessee, at Texas, at Georgia, and at Ole Miss. And if you can be competitive in some of those games, maybe sneak a win in there, you can win at Tempe in our non-conference, and then you win those – like, that's a great opportunity to showcase your skill set. Again, you're going to make vastly more money at Oregon. There's no doubt about that. You'll make a ton more Mm -hmm. money at USC. But do you want to go in your final year of eligibility, learn a new system, or do you want to come show that you're like a pro Continue. at this system? Right.
1: And I just can't believe that Dylan Gabriel is not going to test out the NFL either.
0: I, I don't know, you know that he's, he's not he's yet. He's Completed right. four years of mm-hmm. football,
1: or five. Uh, I mean, I don't. He's small. He's small,
0: like Kyler Murray. Small, but Kyler Murray's showing that you can be at least a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right. I think he so, needs. I think he needs one more year. Unless, and like (laughs) this, again, this is a
1: packed quarterback class.
0: That, and this is pie in the sky, but there's a name that's being floated around that may come out in the transfer portal. There is
1: Marvin one, Harrison Jr. There
0: is one Arch Manning that might be testing the oh waters. He is not. He ain't going to Mississippi State. state. There's no way. If Eli went Shut to up. Ole Miss and Archie went to Ole Miss, there's no way he goes to state. I'm, but it's a phone I'm call like that
1: you make. I'm 95% sure that Ole Miss fans are floating that out to mess with you guys. Probably. And and everybody's like, because everybody I keep seeing the picture being tweeted out of Lebby walking Arch around campus mm-hmm. and Ole Miss, and they're like, here he is, and I'm like <laughs> Ole Miss, he's got an Ole Miss shirt on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> like, like
0: chill out. But, yeah, that's not uh, happening.
1: Talking about schedule, I did want to say this. I'm sure you haven't seen this, but Ole Miss's schedule for 2024 got leaked in an email to season ticket holders yeah. by accident. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna just go through the schedule. It's a very favorable schedule, uh, but the dates, even the order, was leaked. Uh, you've got the first four games. It's just gonna be like, it's gonna be just like last year: four non-conference, eight SEC games in a row to end the season, there which. You go. Sucks. Yeah. Because I loved having that UL Louisiana Monroe game before Start Bowl. Mm. Uh, Furman, MTSU at Wake, Georgia Southern to start the season. 4 mm-hmm. uh, 0. Kentucky at home, at South Carolina, at LSU, by Oklahoma at home, at Arkansas, Georgia at home. By, the season starting in August, the way the the Mm -hmm. calendar falls. Sure. Another buy at Florida, and then the Egg Bowl. Home, yeah. Uh, and so it's like that's going to suck so bad (laughs) going on the road at Gainesville, and then coming home for the Egg Bowl. That's a gauntlet. That's a (laughs) gauntlet. So uh, well, listen, we it also has the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving. Yeah, according to this. Yeah,
0: case. I saw that it did get leaked that it's going to be back. At first, they had said it was going to be um, uh, on Saturday, Saturday, which would have been yeah. great, but they put it back on Thanksgiving just to ruin our Thanksgiving again next year. But Drew, we've got plenty of time to talk college football. We got plenty of time to talk next year that's coming up. Let's talk about the Grizz for a few minutes, and I got to go pick up my brother at the airport here in just a little bit. So <clears throat> let's talk about them Grizz, man. Last night. Desmond Bain, welcome to the basketball season, sir. Deuce Deuce had a career high, the second highest total in, in Grizz franchise history, with a 49-piece against a bad Pistons team, and we needed uh, every single one of them to win that freaking basketball game. Yeah,
1: you know, they pulled away late, and I kind of feel bad because uh, I had that game on mute uh, and was watched the end of it, too, just some internet issues. So I pulled it up on my laptop, and I was just in there, and I had it on mute, and I was not catching what was going on, like, I wasn't watching it that closely and I looked at the box score afterwards and was like, oh crap, Desmond Bain had 49. 49. Uh, I was, uh, go ahead. 19 of 31 from the field, seven of seven free throws and four of eight from three. If you'd have told me that Desmond Bade had 49 points and only four made threes, I'd have called you a liar.
0: Yeah, 100%. But, but he just took over, especially in the second half, and just was cutting at the basket. I, I, too, was watching on mute. I was on the phone and hanging out. Real quick side story this is kind of funny. I was hanging out with a new friend of the podcast, Sarah, and out in Texas, and she was watching the game. and or I was watching the game. She was kind of hanging out, and she was throwing some dirty clothes at her hamper, and she missed, and she turned around. She's like, I could play for the Grizz.
1: Because oh. I
0: missed, and I was like, "Wow, wow!" And did
1: you hang up the phone? I
0: did. I just put it down. Like this is, like. Yeah. Have you heard it. from her since? Nope. <laughs> you better not. You better not. Nope. Uh, this is
1: a this is the kind of friend that uh, he's bringing home to meet uh, me and Haley. So, she bad start here. Uh, apparently. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't really following it that close. But if you, if you just close your eyes, and I don't tell you what has happened to start the season. I would just lead off with saying your Memphis Grizzlies have won three of our last four games, and their their only loss in that four games was a competitive game on the road against Phoenix. Yeah, uh, and a very and, competitive game. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I'm not going to tell you that Detroit is 2-19 and uh, 19 this year. <laughs> yeah. they, I don't know if you saw this, they just finished the – imperfect month yes where they went oh and 15 in the month of uh november
0: the lions have more wins than the Pistons. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah so uh it's uh it's good i mean you're kind of trending in the right way you're getting some uh a lot more of your core guys Mm -hmm. to be more contributors yep uh, just in time to get job back. We so, got five oh, uh, more games, man. Five more games. Yeah, I was about to games. say the Grizzlies are currently uh, six and fourteen. So five more games to go until John Morant makes his triumphant return to the Memphis Grizzlies lineup, and you're kind of starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that, you know, we have any illusions of grandeur right now. It's right. been pretty bad to start the season. But as of right now, it's six and fourteen overall, they're only four games back of the ten seed and five and a half games back of the six seed. Sure. And and you've got you've played it with one, if not both, arms tied behind your back with Laravia. I mean, shoot, LaRavia's nothing. Uh what? <laughs> With Canard, the other white guy, <laughs> uh, with Canard missing significant time because his brain's and broken. With missing significant time and and. Uh, John Morant missing the first 25 games, you start getting these pieces back that you expected to actually play the season with. Yeah. And you you can be in the mix late.
0: Especially with Biombo's playing big minutes for us. He's filling that Steven Adams void. Jaren's looking much more of the part. What, he had 38 the other night. You got Dez with 49 last night. Like, the pieces are starting to come together. All we needed was Marcus Mark to call us soft, essentially, in the media. And we've been playing yeah. much better basketball since – We are also now, every single game that we've won this year has been a game that Derrick Rose has started in, so let him start till Ja comes back. Um, But we're finally getting healthy. We're piecing it together just in time. Again, there's a real chance that we're in a playoff game or play-in game, maybe like one of the lower seeds, if we can get hot in the back half of the year with Ja coming back and we can get healthy.
1: Yeah, it all you know, you're honestly you're just looking for injuries and chaos to happen That's on it. the bottom half of that on the those standings in the Western Conference. Uh the Grizzlies uh play the best team in basketball. Yeah. On uh tomorrow night. Can you tell me who the best team in basketball is, Rusty? Uh
0: it's in the uh it's uh they're in first place in the Western Conference. Um crap. It's not one of the traditional powerhouses. Uh, no, it's not Minnesota. It it's Minnesota. It is Minnesota. Minnesota. I, I knew I'd get there. <laughs>
1: Minnesota is 16-4 and four on the season, and they're coming to the FedEx Forum tomorrow mm-hmm. night. But then you've got Mavericks, Rockets, Rockets, Thunder, and then the triumphant return well, uh, on the road in New Orleans. Jock ja comes so back the, the, on but December the, 19th. The
0: rumor is he'll miss that game, and he'll be back for Indiana at home. That's what I'm seeing on Twitter. There's no way. That There's s- no way. What I'm seeing no way. is they're going to hold him out to the home game. Why? Why not?
1: Just I, for the return. I'm just saying. I mean, all I, I understand. I've that seen. Is, a,
0: again, I love. Like, we're still playing. Back.
1: We're we're still trying to. That's a peer that, right there. Well, that's the Pelicans a, are 12 and yeah. 10. But you need to win it.
0: And it's know? on TNT. Like it's a national right. game. But. <clears throat> What I've been reading online is that it's gonna be that Indiana game at home. I again I hope yeah. it's I hope it's, I hope it's if New Orleans. I hope it's New Orleans. Yeah. But there's a real good chance I might sneak. If, if it's that Indiana game, I'm back in Mississippi. Um I'll be working in uh, be working boy. up in Tennessee. We we might have to make a road trip that night if it is that Indiana game. <laughs> so,
1: so that is December the twenty first. Twenty first, the Thursday that's night. A Thursday night. Seven PM.
0: So call your boy. We might be making a road trip. The Two Bucks Sports Podcast might be making a road trip to the forum, doing a live podcast from the Facts Forum. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can
1: just set up a table right there that's on it, the plaza. Man. Right there outside. We'll just start <laughs> What are you guys fans? doing? Yeah. We're recording a podcast. Come on Who in. are you? You don't know us, but we're just Yet. recording a podcast.
0: Yeah. So. Dave Portnoy gave out written uh, newspapers in Boston for years. We just need to set up a table out front of the forum, and we're the next Barstool Sports.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, the math, math. I right mean, yeah, math.
0: that's it. Even my Mississippi math, that's good math.
1: Yeah. So let's talk fantasy football for a quick minute. Let's wind that down. And then I'm going to let you go get your brother. So we are entering the last week of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And this is how these standings look. Right now, you've got my co host and uh, least favorite friend at the moment, mm. Rusty Buckets at the one Let's season. go, Mad Titans, the Mad baby. Mad Titans. Are, have a record of
0: 10 and 3. Yep. Is that right? 10 and 3, baby. Um, the only 10 so, and 3 team in the league.
1: So 10 and 3, Rusty Witten, uh, the two seed, uh, Gotham City Knights, that's Hunter Shaw at 10 and 4. And Who then, got
0: worked by the Mad Titans this past weekend.
1: Yeah. Uh, we weren't going to talk about that. This is my <laughs> then we have a three way tie for third place between myself uh Justin Lumpkin and Michael Mutters. It's kind of been a log jam all year. Uh, and so the way this looks right now, if you look at the projected standings at this moment, it would be Rusty versus Justin Lumpkin, Hunter Shaw versus myself. I would get the three seed. And uh, it's really just going to be very interesting how this plays out because this week I play... Justin Lumpkin And so uh, With a win I'm in And with a loss we're going to be uh, Looking, you know, Justin's in An obvious He's winning in And uh, so you're going to be looking A lot for points four. So with a win I'm in I've got the points four Locked down pretty much I've got a 40 point lead over Justin And an 85 point lead Over Mudders So, with – and, again, I would be the three seed and Lump would be the four seed. If I lose and Justin wins, he would get the three seed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if Mudders wins and I lose, I'm out and Lump and Mudders are going to be in. So, it's really a must-win situation for me or I need to lose and Mudders lose and him not outscore me by, like, 80. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> which which is on the table if I'm <laughs> being honest. The way this thing's going, yeah. uh, you hate to see it. Uh, our buddy um, Poison Ivy's uh, ended on a real stinker, losing three and three of in a row to fall to seven six. He was seven and three on par with all of us, mm-hmm. and just Lamping fell off the, to wagon the finish. There. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the people who are eliminated is uh, Team Farrell, uh, Andrew Neesy. Jordan Woodruff, Dr. Patrick Jones, and Zach Jones. Uh, still in contention is Rusty, me, Hunter, Lump, Mutters, Cousin Kirk, and Aaron Ivey. Kirk has a 17% chance at the playoffs, and Aaron has a 1% chance at <laughs> the playoffs. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, so to show you how tight this is for the, the last two seeds between three teams, uh, ESPN projects playoff percentage me 64 Lump 64 and Mudders 55 Mudders has to have a win and a loss mm-hmm. uh they need some help you know Mudders could take with a with a loss and a loss and a win for me he could overtake uh he could overtake Lump by score outscoring him by 35 or 37 points yep So, there's a possibility that he gets in with a loss. But, I mean, all we do here at Waddle Vision is we just focus on what we can focus on, control what we can control, one play at a time, one down at a time. Just know your assignment, know your role, and execute, execute, execute. Uh, We are projected to have a nail-biter here, 117 to 122. I'm projected to lose. Mm. Uh, But let me tell you something, Rusty, and I'm just going to go on the record right now. I have taken this team, this ragtag bunch (laughs) – of just hard working men at to eight and five without having Justin Jefferson since uh let's see week number six, yeah uh, the number one o oh, the one, one oh one I feel like I deserve a trophy for taking this group in a hard twelve team league to have a team good <laughs> enough without Justin Jefferson to make it into the playoffs and let me tell you it's a wrecking. That's a world record coming. <laughs> if I can get in these playoffs and Justin Jefferson get healthy, you better just Because <laughs> we coming. I don't know, uh, man. I have, to, I have to give a shout-out, too, because my wife would kill me. In our family league, she had the 101. She also took Justin Jefferson, and she made the playoffs. Let's go. In our family league what as up, the baby? three seed. Uh, and so she plays her brother-in-law, <laughs> which will be really interesting mm-hmm. for Christmas time coming around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not. I had the best 5-7 and seven team that could possibly <laughs> been assembled. Sure. I don't understand how I didn't go undefeated. I'm still just scratching <laughs> my head.
0: Yeah, well. You know. Uh in our back to our league. Cousin Kirk. I know you listen to this podcast in your trooper car. Fix your running back situation. Right now I'm projected to win one twenty three to one oh nine. He's got uh B. John Robinson starting and showing a, a zero point total. It's not looking good for him to play this week. So fix your lineup, man. If we're gonna do this thing, let's do it right.
1: Yeah, and uh Justin Lumpkin, if you are listening to this podcast, which I know you are, you need to fix your lineup too. I need you to put in uh Christian Kirk <laughs> and Odell Beckham. And, uh, you know, some crap players. Get all these good players out of here. There you go. There you go. I am not about winning the ugly one. I (laughs) I am totally cool with winning the wrong way.
0: Listen, that's what happened. That's how I beat – I won this past week, man. I beat Gotham City Knights this week because the bye weeks hit him hard. He had like seven guys on bye, man. And so I got lucky at the right time. So, Drew, wrap us up, buddy.
1: Yeah, so I just want to tell everybody, thank you for listening to an episode of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Uh, You can find this continually every week on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify. Uh, Like Rusty said, you can watch us on YouTube, and why some of you do, I don't understand. (laughs) But you can continue to watch us on YouTube at the number Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Interact with us on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And until next week, Rusty, uh, you will be here in Mississippi to do our first pod to our to our second ever podcast together within the confines of the state of
0: Mississippi. Great state, baby. Uh,
1: everybody, we're looking forward to next week. So.
0: Let's go! All right, Drew. So re- play our music. Let's go! All right, see y'all next week. Two, two, one.